Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. barely made it up here. So much to do for Christmas. Y'all love Christmas? I love Christmas, but sometimes it's so crazy busy. Do y'all ever get busy? Man, so this year, well, wrapping stuff. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't do any of the wrapping. That got taken away from me years ago. But, uh, it is my job to put wreaths on the house. We have any wreath people, men, you have to put wreaths on your house. Like it's so hard to get everything done. Christmas is crazy, just hectic pace. But, oh, glad to get that done. Do you ever feel like you never finished getting ready for Christmas? Some of you are good. You started a month ago. Um, but then, then there's so much, and of course, then this is the way I wrap presents. Um, it's just a box, it's pre-wrapped. I like that, but presents to buy? God, there's so much to do. I love Christmas, I do. I love the lights and, and, and everything about it. But trees, and you gotta, you put bows on your trees too. There's a bow that's gotta go on the tree, there's so much. And then my wife, she's a decorator, so she decorates everything, and, and so, like on the mantle. Ladies, do you put something like that across your mantle too, all the way across and decorate here? I'm gonna put this in, in my mantle here. Perfect, perfect. And then there's always activities and, and parties and, and the ugly sweater party. Do y'all have the ugly sweater parties that you go to? So like, or do you get just worn out at Christmas sometimes? And so there's the ugly Christmas sweater party. And then, of course, I like the stockings. I do. I like it all. Um, stockings are great, but there's like for me to find stuff that fits in the stocking, you know, like how do you find little knickknacky things that are thoughtful too? You know, like, you know, like toothbrush, like that's not very, but it fits, you know, like candy, you know, whatever. So, but I love the stocking. So we'll put the stocking there. And then this is the other way I wrap presents. I just get a bag and, and it's got something on there. And um, so I have a gift. Fern, we're so glad you're here today, Fern. Uh, come here, Fern. I have you a coffee mug because everybody wants coffee mugs. Welcome home. So Fern was part of our church, moved to Bavard, came back to visit today. Welcome, Fern. So we have Christmas and then, and of course, you know, I like to pretend I'm Santa Claus at our house every now and then. And, and I'm, I'm kind of digging the swag though. What do you, what do you think? Like, I'm feeling it. Like, I'm feeling it today. Like, you know, Harriet's not here today, and she would be on the front row right now. She's great. She's fine. Um, but she, she didn't make it to church today because we had some things going on. But um, she would be looking at me right now, take it off. But uh, she's not here. I'm thinking about wearing this the whole time. And the lights, and you got to have lights. Do we have people that like the color lights at your house? So I brought the color lights for, for you. So much to do. And I don't know. What do you think? Should I, should I keep it or not? Let me pose one more time. Uh, I'm liking it. 
the swag. I don't know. We'll, we'll go for, I'm getting hot though. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take it off. What a day, what a day. Listen, here's the thing. I can barely enjoy Christmas because I'm so tired from doing Christmas and I'm stressed out because all of it costs so much money. Have you realized it's very expensive to do Christmas? Anybody? Yeah, so me too. And so at some point when I try to do everything, things begin to, to fall apart in some ways. And if I were to send a note to Santa Claus, I would say, dear Santa, all I want for Christmas this year is peace. And by the way, Santa, I'm on the good list. Hey, listen, today I wanna to talk to us about peace because I know that Christmas can be stressful. It can be, it can be a lot. And I wanna get our hearts in the right spot. My sermon title today is The Gift of Peace. The Gift of Peace. Before we get started, I wanna welcome our guests. I'm not always this goofy, but I do enjoy goofy. And, um, but if you're a guest today, can we give our guests a quick clap? I'm so glad you're with us today. Merry Christmas, everyone. And before I jump into the message, I have uh, one, one request that I'd like to ask of our church body. And I'm requesting that you would consider, just consider making a year-end donation to our church. You're going to have a lot of amazing organizations ask you for money at the end of the year. And it's very common for that to happen. Uh, I read recently that many nonprofit organizations will collect at least 30% of their annual budget right at the end of the year because people feel very generous at the end of the year as well as businesses are looking for ways to do some tax work and, and those that have made some extra money look for ways to reduce taxes. And so it becomes a, a season of giving. And if you're going to make one of those gifts this year at the end of the year, I would love for you to consider Life Church to be your place. And I, we would appreciate it. We have so much that's happening in our church. And next year for 2024, it's gonna be an amazing year for us. And one of the things that we can do is pre, you know, prepare with finances to get ready for what's coming. Let me share you, with you one thing that's coming next year that I think you'll like. And we're going to get ready now, but expand into our international mission work next year. And I'm really excited about that. As a church that we have been focused in our setup and breakdown of our church, that I, we were the mission. Like when we were looking, who's our mission field? It was us. But now we're here in the mission field. We want to get out and do something on the international stage. And so we have partnered with an organization called Journey Global Mission Network. And I'm also honored they've asked me to serve on the board for this organization, which means we're going to invest and we'll be able to expand what we do here. Through this organization, we'll be able to support missionaries in Haiti and Dominican Republic, Thailand, Romania, Nepal, Indonesia, the Middle East, and all through Africa. And we'll also get our first uh, mission trip in a long time schedule next year. So it's gonna be great. And so we have a lot going on. And if you're going to make a year-end gift, we would appreciate you funding us so that we can do that all that God is calling us to do. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. amen. Awesome. Let me pray. Father, thanks for this day. I thank you for this church. Thank you for the generosity in this house. But I thank you, Lord, that we're here to, to worship you and to really learn from your word how we can have peace through the Christmas season. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Give me a good amen, church. Amen. amen. Well, Christmas should be a season of peace. 
Would you agree with me? It ought to be peaceful. It ought to be. The, the Bible teaches us in the book of Isaiah chapter nine that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And it says this in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and there it is, the Prince of Peace. So if we're celebrating the Prince of Peace, then we ought to learn about the gift of peace in our hearts so that we can celebrate and do Christmas the right way. Most of us are doing Christmas the wrong way, to be honest with you. I include myself in this. We're doing it the wrong way. If Christmas is something you somewhat dread because of the busyness of your schedule, then you're doing it wrong. If, if Christmas is really stressful, then we're doing it wrong. If Christmas creates debt for you, then we're doing it wrong. If Christmas is so exhausting that you need a vacation on December 26th, then we're doing it wrong. If Christmas is so busy that we haven't had time with our children and our family in the way we want to, then we might be doing it wrong. I think there's a problem for us at the Christmas time because we have so many things going on in our normal routines. And then you pack on top of that wreaths and sweaters and decorations and presents and stockings and and whatever else is in your season, there's so much. And if you put it all together, it wears us out. And most people live with Christmas in an exhausted state rather than a peaceful state. So I wanna share with you a bit of wisdom that, and I'll give it to you as a husband, as a father, and a pastor. And this is the wisdom I wanna share with you, that I cannot do everything without it costing me something. I can't do it all. You can't do it all. There are limits to what you can do. And if you try to do it all, you're gonna find yourself stressed out, worn out, and not enjoying and having peace at Christmas. And here's the price for trying to do everything. The price for everything is your peace. You try to do it all and you're gonna sacrifice something and your peace goes away. I believe it's far better to do fewer things with peace than to do more things with stress. And so that's why I wanna to talk to us and myself today because I put myself in your category as much as anything about this whole topic of slowing down and making good choices for Christmas and not going at a pace that I can't enjoy the moments I wanna do everything, that's my bend. I, I just, I love it, I love Christmas and I wanna to try to do it all. But I wanna to talk to us today about saying yes to some of the most important things and then saying no to some things so that it doesn't rob us of our Christmas peace this year. And so I think the thing that gets us and I'll, I'll define it as, as distractions because the world is trying to distract us. The world wants us to get involved with so many things and miss the heart of Christmas. And if you wanna know the definition of distraction, if you were to go to the, the dictionary and look up distraction, you would see a picture of me. I'm the most distracted person you know. I, listen, we did this funny, well, it was, it was meaningful, but a little funny. We did this meaningful thing around our table with our, our church staff this past week. And, and so uh, Pastor Gina, she's always trying to pull out 
the, the DNA of who we are and our, our identity and, and encourage us. And so she came up with this creative way for us to write on this big card something in one word that describes the person sitting around the table. And so we all wrote something. And so most of them were like loyal or, you know, friend or passionate or loving, all these good things. And so I got my card after everybody had written on it. And there were some really great things, but someone at the table wrote squirrel. Now, I really love our worship pastor, but he didn't have to be so truthful, Jared. And so, but he wrote squirrel because he knows and they all know I am like here, here, here. And then something happens. I'm over here and then I'm over here. And listen, I'm the king of distractions. So today when I preach, I want you to know this is actually for me. You're just along for the ride today. Okay. So distraction. And I really don't know who's to blame for all the things that happen at Christmas and why we're so distracted doing so many things. When it's a holiday, it's a season to celebrate Jesus and we find ourselves just run ragged doing everything. I don't know if it's the retail store's fault. I don't know if they've driven it into us. I don't know if, if Black Friday, where we think we're saving money, I actually saw where they just put holiday sale on top of it that the price wasn't any cheaper. You just thought it was. And like, but, but I don't know, maybe now they've spread it out. It's like not Black Friday anymore. You know, it starts a week ahead and a week after. It's just crazy. But I don't know if that is what is driving our culture to more, 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 do more, do more, buy more, buy more. I don't know if it's Instagram that we see the pretty picture of someone's tree, but you can't see behind the camera what it really looks like. And, and we think we got to try to keep up and post our big picture. I don't know. This is be me. This is, this is where I would fall into the category of why Christmas is stressful for me, because I really want to be the best parent. I really want to do something and do stuff for my family and for my wife and for, for my children. And, and I, I just want to, I, I want to be that guy, you know, like, oh, you're the perfect dad. I mean, that's what I'm driven to. And it's a good thing, but it can create a lot of stress trying to do everything. Maybe, maybe the reason it's so chaotic and, and we'll just blame the government. Why not blame them? We blame them for everything else. Maybe it's inflation. Prices are high, no doubt. Or why don't we, if we're just, you know, pitching the blame, we'll blame it on the devil. The devil made us do it? I don't know. I will say this about the devil, if you just, the, the reality is the enemy doesn't want you peaceful. And I heard this saying, and there's just so much truth to this, that if the enemy doesn't, I'm sorry, the enemy doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. In other words, he doesn't have to, to ruin your life all he has to do is to get you busy doing less important things so you don't focus on the things that really matter. And I wonder if the devil's not winning that battle too many times in my life and in your life, that we're letting distraction pull us away from what, what really matters and what really God wants for our life. So I wanna take us to a, a story in the book of Luke, and it's about two sisters and they're hosting a Christmas party at their house and Jesus comes to their party. Now, I'm, I'm adding a little bit in there. But Jesus comes to their party, and they're setting up, and they're getting ready. And it's about these two sisters. Let me read you the story about these sisters, because they have contrasting ways of how they, how they do this party. So it says in Luke 10, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary 
Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And so we have this part of the story with, with Mary. And Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet. In other words, she's focused on what's important in the moment. She was close. She was near. She could hear his voice, it says. And for you and I in our life, when we are really busy, we don't slow down to hear his voice at times. When we're really busy and we're, we're hurrying along, we don't hear the, the small whisper of his voice at times because we're running too fast. We miss it. So Mary has made this decision to, to sit and hear his voice. And verse 40, though, says, but Martha was distracted. She was distracted by all the preparations. She's like, we have gifts to buy. We have wreaths to hang, trees to put up, Christmas party. I don't know if she had on her ugly Christmas sweater or not, but she, she was trying to get it all done. She was getting the cake, the bunk cake ready. And like, she had to get it all just right. She was working. And so then in the middle of this, she says to Jesus, she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. And I want you to know the voice that is causing people to do more at Christmas is kind of like the voice of, of Martha here who is frustrated saying, do more, tell her to do more, tell her to buy more, tell her to get more, tell her to run around more, tell her she needs a bigger tree, she needs more Instagram pictures, tell her to do more like me, be like me and do more, do more. Listen, the world's telling you that. The pressure to do it to be that. And so Martha, she was distracted. Now, before I, I dog out Martha too far, and I'm going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to make her look like the, the bad one in the, in the story here. Before we do that, I, I want you to know that, listen, if, if Jesus was coming to your house, you'd be really busy too, wouldn't you? I know if Jesus were coming to my house, my wife would have a list for me. I'd be busy, I'm telling you. We would be getting it done all the way up until the time Jesus knocked on the door because there would have to be at least 50 candles to light. True? It, it, would, be a, it would be a get ready. But listen, I, I, just, I just don't want you to think too bad of Martha. I mean, if it weren't for Martha... I mean, who would have cleaned the house, right? So, I mean, we need some, we need some workers. We need it. We need to be that. And, and so I, I'm not against Martha, but she was just distracted at this point on what mattered most. And Jesus was there and she was missing being there with him. So she complained to Jesus and said, tell her to do stuff and make her do more. And Jesus responds like this. He says, Martha, Martha. Now he says it twice. Do you know why he said it twice? Just like as a parent, and you say it to your child the first time and they're too busy and they don't hear you, so you say it again, right? Or my wife, when I'm watching the Cowboys play and they are winning the game, amen? Um, and, and when I'm watching the game and she says, Tim, and I don't hear, she says Tim again, right? Because you gotta get the attention. Martha was busy, so he said, Martha, Martha. And here's what he said. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and I will not take it away from her. 
Martha has a good heart. She really does. She has good intentions. She's doing good things. She is not doing anything wrong or bad. She's simply not doing what's best. And I think that's where most of us fall. You're not a, a bad person. You probably have good motivations like myself. Oftentimes our choices are not between good and bad, between, but between good and best. And today I want us to help us choose what's best. Instead of being distracted by many, many things and being upset and worried and stressed, I want us to make choices that help us enjoy and have peace this Christmas. She was worried. She was upset. Good people can struggle with worry and stress. You don't have to be a bad person. You're not in sin. You're just stressed. Worry and stress are very common during the holidays, during Christmas season. You talk to a lot of people and, and they're, they're stressed. They're, they're, they're busy. They're, they're just on the move and they're not enjoying the moment. And, and I want to help us enjoy the moment. So I want to give you a couple pieces of biblical advice just so you can have peace this Christmas. And the first thing I want to share with you is you have to, number one, is you have to fight for your yes. You have to fight for your yes. In other words, do you want to be like Martha and stressed or Mary and blessed? That was like a preacher line right there. Like y'all got to catch that. When you listen, let me teach you something. When I do a rhyme like that, that that was meant on purpose, and you're supposed to clap for that. All right. So, thank you. Maybe I didn't deliver it with punch. I don't know. Here's the thing. Martha lived at this hectic pace, and Mary made choices to say yes to what was most important. And there's this this little verse that I'll read to you that helps us understand that. And in Matthew chapter 5, 37, it says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. It's that easy in life. Just say yes to the things that matter, no to the things that don't matter. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. So listen, I wanna help you say yes to some of the most important things this year. Because I don't wanna get to December 26 and look back and realize I missed out on the things that I really wanted to do this year. I don't wanna get to December 26 and think I need a vacation to get over Christmas this year. I don't wanna get to December 26 and get a new card bill and realize I've got new debt in my life. And the way to do that is to figure out what it is that you want this Christmas to be for you. And so I'm gonna give you three great yeses for your Christmas this year. And number one, your first great yes is yes to keeping Christ in Christmas. That's the whole point of Christmas. We're Christians. We, we serve Jesus. God sent his son to us. A savior was born to us. And we are as Christians celebrating the birth of Jesus. And so the top priority of our life at Christmas is to keep Christ in Christmas. And so when you are making your yeses this year, be sure there's a yes about Jesus. Be sure there are ways that you're developing the, the story of Jesus into your family traditions and keep Christ in Christmas this year. That's your first yes, amen? Your second yes is yes to family and friend experiences. This is 
this is amazing to me. And this is probably what drives me the most. Uh, I'm, I'm good at celebrating Jesus. I got, I'm a pastor, I preach. I, I have to think about Jesus all the time, right? Um, but listen, family is what's so important to me. I love family. And I think that Christmas, the second biggest thing we do is we, we build experiences for family and friends. And, and I love it. I love the experiences. Because one day when I finish my life and I get closer to the end years from now, I, I'm not gonna look back and think about the gift that I bought. I won't even remember the gift that was given to me. What I'm gonna remember are the experiences I had with my family and friends. And that's what's gonna be important in the end. And so I don't wanna get to the end of Christmas and, and been busy, 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 and I didn't do some things that built the family experience. I'll give you an example a couple of years ago of a family experience that we had with our family. I, had a, I have a friend, he's, he's a pastor at Pine Valley Methodist Church, uh, Tim Reeves, and, and so Tim and I are buddies and we'll text each other and talk and, and carry on. And, and, um, and if you know him, he's, he's, he's a funny guy. But one day I called him and I said, hey, uh, Tim, it's, it's Christmas time and, and I wanna do something with my family. And I said, I know you all have a, one of those minibuses and I would like to borrow the church minibus. And he's like, all right. Anything you want, you're welcome to it. We're not using it. And so this is one of those little minibuses that, you, you know, you walk up the stairs and there's like 16, you know, seats in the minibus. And, and so I went and got the minibus and I went by the store and I bought, I bought a bunch of drinks and Gatorades. And of course, Eli, he has to have chocolate milk. So I bought chocolate milk for Eli. I went by the, I went by Krispy Kreme and got donuts. And, and, and so then I pulled up to the house. It was Christmas Eve. And we wanted to go see the lights. And so I honked the horn. And I'm like, hey, everybody, come out in our family. And we all got on the bus, big windows. And I gave them a tour of Wilmington of all the Christmas lights and turned on the Christmas music. We were singing carols and watching. And oh, we had the time. It created a memory that we'll never forget. Let me tell you, that Christmas bus ride, I'll remember if I ask them what I gave them for Christmas that year, they won't remember. But they'll remember the experience. And so you wanna build the experiences in your family. So your second yes is how are you going to experience? For me this year, I wanna find one or two ways that I can build a memory for our family. The third thing is, as I believe is important at Christmas, is a yes to helping others. I think we are blessed to be a blessing. And I wanna encourage you to look outside of your Christmas life and is there a way for you to help others? Is there a way for you to give to someone else less fortunate? And while I'm here, let me just brag on this church, by the way, um, so generous. We put a Christmas tree up out here a couple weeks ago, filled it with cards with, for the Bear Foundation. And by the end of the first service, we only had a few cards left. By the end of the second, there was not a card left on the tree. Y'all wiped it out, and I appreciate it. So what we did is we went and got more gift cards for you. You could go buy and get stuff for these kids. And by the end of the second week, it was completely gone because y'all are generous, and you, you have that in your heart. So this year, though, on top of that, though, maybe have an awareness that there are people around you, maybe in your neighborhood, maybe your friend circle, that are going through a difficult time. And maybe this is the year that you go buy a, a bag of groceries and you just, you quietly secret Santa, put it on the front door and you leave and you bless somebody this year. Christmas ought to be a season of giving. 
And we ought to help and bless others. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, just a, a Christmas card and there's a $100 bill in it to somebody. Whatever fits. But is there a way that you can be a blessing to others? Because I think Christmas, it should be all about Jesus. It should be about the memories with a family and blessing others in some capacity. And I believe if you made those your three yeses this year, I believe when you get to December 26, you would look back at this holiday and you'd go, we did it right. Good job us. <laughs> and so I want that for my life. I want it for your life. And once you determine your yeses and you decide this is definitely what we're gonna do, it makes it easier to say no to some things. And let me say my second point is this, just say no. Just say no to some things. Say no to some things that, that are distracting you. The book of Matthew chapter five, again, it says simply say yes or no. You know, you can say no. It, it is in your vocabulary. You do not have to be a people pleaser. You can say no, why don't we practice it? You wanna practice no? On the count of three, we're all gonna say no. Ready, one, two, three. No. Did you know no is a complete sentence? It's all you have to say. This year, this year, listen, you can, someone come up to you and go, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. I would love for me and you to go get some coffee together and catch up. And you can grin and go, no. <laughs> and just stand there, see what happens. Watch them squirm. You might say, no, thank you. But the reality is when you say no to something, it makes it, be, you're making it so that you can say yes to the right things. Because you can't say yes to everything without something having to fall. And I don't want my yeses to fall. And so you need to learn how to say no to some things so that you can say yes to all the right things. Now don't be rude to people. Like, I mean, I don't mean that, but, but you, have to, you have to know how to say no. So let me give you a couple no's. And the first no is to say no to busy. Do you know people love busy though? People wear busy like a trophy. You talk to somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. And you know what we usually say? Oh, great. <laughs> like you're doing something good. Busy. And I'm not saying, you know, be lazy. Like, you know, we still got to raise our kids and, and go to work. But busy isn't something to be proud of if it's distracting you from the things that are most important. And most people are so busy that they're not actually taking care of the things that really matter in their life. And so we don't want to be that kind of busy. Busy, busy. Everybody's busy. And it's really busy at Christmas. There's so many demands on our life. And, and the verse, I wanna read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 16. It's not gonna be on the screen, but it says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? And so what are you gonna gain if you have decorated everything and you put every candle in the window the way you want it and you have run at a breakneck speed and you went to every party and you had coffee with every friend and you, you did everything you could do and then you get to the end of it and you're stressed and weary and tired. Is it worth all that? No, thank you. One of you, yay. It's not to me either. 
But we do it because we don't know how to say no. It's just not worth it. And so what we want to do is to learn how to say no to some things. And so I'll give you a couple things. And, and, and for me, it's, maybe it's not a solid no, but it's a, it's a back up or slow down season. And there's some things maybe you can back up and slow down on. I'll, I'll give you one that is, is important to me. And I back up and slow down on social media. Social media is probably the, the, the largest distraction in all of culture today. Uh, it's so distracting. And if you're like me, squirrel, then they developed it for people like me because I'll look at one picture and then they put something else. Oh, I got to look at that one. I got to look at that one. And, and before you know it, you sat there looking at, you know, weird stuff and, you know, people doing dumb dances and like, what am, why am I looking at this? Or, or their agendas and they're just throwing it at you and you're like, why? And, and, and but we are so distracted with scrolling. Do you know you can be sitting in the same room with a bunch of people and not be with them? because you're there. Listen, you'll spend time with an influencer when your greatest influence is sitting right beside you. And so we can't be distracted with things like that. We have to slow it down. I, I read this week that people on the average spend two hours a day on social media. Now, some of you are gasping but you're in that category probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm 57, so generally you think I'm aging out of social media. No, I'm in it, buddy. I'm <laughs> Remember, this is for me. You just hear my, my pain today. But social media, listen, two hours a day. What if you reduce that down a lot and you were actually present with the people you're with and you actually have time for the memories for the people that you're around and and instead of social media what if you're socializing that's pretty good thank you you come on you're about to catch it <laughs> thank you Lachlan did you know that if you spent two hours a day on social media, that in the course of a year, you would spend 730 hours on social media. And do you know how many hours are in a week? I'm sorry, how many hours are in a month? 730. That means every year of your life, you're spending two hours paying attention to a screen instead of the things that really matter. Two hours a day, a month of your life, and that's in one year. What is it in 10 years? Oh, I didn't wanna know. Almost a year of your life. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And so what I'm saying is, is, is you have to say no to some things. Social media is a great place to say no. Unnecessary meetings, appointments, there's some places you can, you can say no. Listen, maybe say no for December, yes for January. Listen, I, I'd love to see you. It's just not gonna be in December. I love you. Let's see you in January. You know, I'm just, whatever. Are you with me, church? Now, I know that there are young families in the room and, and, and you're stressed just out of normal life. And so I'm not here to heap like in a way that you feel like, oh, I can't do all this and, and, you know, the preacher's just giving us a hard time for it. Here's what I want you to get in 1 Corinthians. This is for young families, but this is for, for me, for all of us. 
And it says this, I'm not saying this for your benefit. In other words, I'm not just pushing all this on you and I'm not trying to place restrictions on you. In other words, Pastor Tim is not trying to tell you to, to not do anything. It's not about not doing things. It's about doing the right things. And so the verse goes on to say is, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. And that's my heart. What's gonna help you have the best Christmas ever? And then it goes on to say, with as few distractions as possible. In other words, you're not gonna get rid of all the distractions. But can you learn to say yes to the most important things so you can begin to say no to some other things? And our last thing I'll close with with the no is say no to overspending this year. Say no to overspending. This is where you say no to yourself instead of others. No to overspending. I read that the average American, that 25% of Americans are still paying off their credit cards from last Christmas. And the average American racks up $1,000 in credit card debt every Christmas. Wow, that's a lot of debt for Christmas. I was just thinking about Christmas that is about freedom from sin and bondages and how so many people are celebrating it by going into bondage of debt. That doesn't make sense, does it? He came to set you free, but I'm gonna be in debt. Hey, I wanna help you just real quick, and I'm closing it up. How to stay free from financial stress and worry? Three quick things. Number one, decide ahead of time how much you're gonna spend on Christmas spending. Just make your plan. You decide, I'm gonna spend $300 for Christmas this year. And, you, and that's, you, you gotta know what you're gonna spend. Because if you don't know, then you're gonna get into the Amazon account and you're gonna click and click and click, right? Uh, but if you know, then you have, you have guardrails in your life because you know. So find out what your Christmas be. And unfortunately, I probably should have preached this a week ago before Black Friday, because now you're like, oh, too late now. But we'll, we'll make your next best plan, all right? So you start now. Maybe you're like, well, I got three bucks left. So whatever it may be, set your amount. The next thing you do is make a list and check it twice. That was good too. <laughs> Decide who is on my list and how much am I gonna spend on that person? Who is like, I got you know, child one, child two, child three, and I got, you know, a best friend, and I got, a, you know, my mama, and whatever, you know, and, and you figure it out, but you make it fit the budget. You say, I got 300, and then you work it up to where it fits, and I just want to tell you this, that if your relationship with your children and your friends is determined on the cost of the gift, then you need to work on those relationships through the rest of the year. Because that can't be dependent on how much you spend. And so check your list, check it twice, make your list, check it twice. And third, if you are really cutting back and you're only gonna send out Christmas cards, which is fine, you might tell some of your friends, I love you, I know you don't understand, but I'm only gonna spend this much this year and I've made a decision, no debt for this year and, and I love you, Merry Christmas. And here's my hug and, and let's call it a day, high five, we have peace this year. Is it worth it to you to have peace? It is for me. And so this year, you can have peace if you learn your yeses and you say your no's. I'll close with a quick story. 
And worship team, you can make your way on up here. So many years ago, I was pastoring in a church in Charleston, South Carolina. And the church went through a really difficult season. The, uh, they had a split in the church, and I was the youth pastor. And, and when it split, I, I, I looked at the, the whole thing, and I thought, I, I can't be a part of this. It was really a, a bad situation in every way. So I resigned, and I made, a, I made what I thought was an integrity decision. And it was. It was a good decision. It was the right decision. But as a result, uh, I was unemployed. And so I was hunting down little odd jobs and things to do on the side. Christmas, it was December, and Christmas had rolled in. And, and uh, we, were, we were at financial rock bottom. So bad that I missed my December house payment. We had our power turned off. I remember when the power was off, and our kids were younger. They were, you know, like elementary age. And, you know, Harriet and I are, you know, we're feeling the pressure of that. It's Christmas season. Power went off and put a candle on the table. We, we got, we had this low table. So we put a candle on. We, we told them we're camping. <laughs> they didn't know better. They're like, hey, we're camping. Candlelight, you know. So it was the most romantic time of our life. All we had was candlelight dinners. But it's Christmas and, and, um, and I'm driven to, like that's my nature, to, to be that dad that overwhelms my kids with generosity and, and, and to be that, and I, and I couldn't do it. There was, I, there was no way to get there. So Harriet and I came together and we said, well, what's gonna, what are we gonna do? And so we, we came up with a $50 amount that we could spend for Christmas, 50 bucks in and that was everything. So about a week before Christmas, we went to, to Toys R Us. Remember Toys R Us? I miss Toys R Us. We need a toy store. We went to Toys R Us and we were walking around and, and, and we, we actually gypped our kids a little bit. We went and got coffee before we went to, Star to we went Starbucks. We went and got coffee before we went to Toys R Us. So, so they didn't have $25 a piece anymore. They only had $20 a piece now. And what do you get for 20 bucks? And so we saw this dollar bin and we said, you know what? Let's go for quantity. And we bought 20 things for each child out of that bin. Little Nerf footballs and little Nerf basketballs and little Nerf, our little plush little things and little, little, just little trinkets, you know. And, and we wrapped them up and we didn't have a tree to put it under, so we just put it in a corner. It was killing me inside. Besides the stress of money, just Christmas. So it was a couple days before Christmas and I told Harriet, I said, we have to have a tree. So I went out, I took the children with me and we went shopping for a Christmas tree. I didn't have any money. I really didn't have any money. And so I found the only tree store is our place that was open and, and I said to the guy, I said, do you have a dead tree out back? And I'm sharing, this was one of the most humble moments of my life to ask for a dead tree. 
And he said, what do you want with a dead tree? And I just said, that's just, what, that's where we are this year. And they said, well, come with me. And he said, I got this one that's kind of half dead. He said, I can cut off the top. He said, I'm out of trees. He didn't have any tree. I mean, he had, so we cut off the top of the tree and it still had some green in it. And then he made one of those Charlie Brown tree holder things, you know, and, and he said, Merry Christmas. He said, it's free. And we went home and I put it on the tabletop. Got all our Christmas presents on there. Christmas morning, kids, come down. And Harriet and I are sitting there internally, like feeling the pain. I can go right back there now. And they started opening their little presents. And before you know it, a Nerf ball's doing there and Nerf basketball's over there. And they ripped it. And there, were, there was paper everywhere all of a sudden. Eli stands up in the middle of this wad of paper and he goes, this is the greatest Christmas ever. And we melted. And it, it taught me there's way more to Christmas than busy and spending too much money. And if you want Christmas peace, you can have it if you make the right yeses and nos. Amen, church? Amen. Listen, the gift of peace is through Jesus Christ. And if you do not know Jesus, there's no peace between you and the Father. There's no peace in your heart. And it all starts with a walk with Jesus. If you're here today and you've never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's a day for you. Would you just bow your heads at this moment? And Lord, if there's anyone here that has never said yes to Jesus, that's the greatest yes you'll ever make. God loves you. And you're separated from God because of sin. And the Bible teaches us that through Jesus, you are saved and your sins are forgiven if you believe in Jesus. And I wanna ask you today, are you ready to believe in Jesus? And if you're here today and you've never made that decision, would you just so boldly lift your hand and say, Pastor Tim, today I wanna be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I wanna believe in Jesus. Is there anyone in the room that's you today? I see your hand, God bless you. Let's all say this prayer together. All of us together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of peace. It is Jesus. I turn to Jesus for forgiveness of my sins. And I thank you now that I'm saved. All my sins are forgiven. And I choose to live for Jesus all the days of my life in the name of Jesus. Can I get a great amen, church? Amen, amen, amen. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? I love this part of our service. And I wanna encourage you in this final part. We have communion in each of the places in our room. And if you're new to us, we just go over to the communion table and there's, there's a, little, a little jar there. It's got some bread and juice in it and you can take communion. This is how you rededicate your life to Christ. You just say, God, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus that died for me. And so you're free to go there in just a second and get that and go back to your seat. Our prayer team, if you guys would go ahead and come on up here. If you have anything in your life, if you're struggling in any way, let them join you in prayer. Let them lift you up in prayer today. And we're gonna worship because it's Jesus and that's what Christmas is all about. 
Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this amazing church body. Lord, I love you. And Lord, we want to take this last part of this service to take our communion, to get prayer and worship you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're free to go. Get communion.